1: Welcome to Britain is a Nation Of.
2: The podcast where we explore British behaviour by unpacking statistics to understand the little differences and similarities between us all.
1: I'm Stuart Henderson, Head of News at Yahoo UK.
2: And I'm
0: Matilda Long, journalist at Yahoo UK. And I'm Victoria Valdazir, data journalist at YouGov. So with Valentine's Day approaching, we are going to be discussing statistics around the theme of relationships. We'll be talking about how many Britons think they are better looking than their partner, how much snogging is too much snogging in public, Mm. and whether or not marriage is an outdated institution.
2: And we're joined by special guest, Dr. Becky Spellman, psychologist and WeVibes relationship expert. Welcome, Dr. Becky. Hi. Hi.
0: This week, we're going to be starting with the one about public displays of affection from and here known as PDA. <laughs> First, we'll do a little go around. How does everyone feel about PDA? I guess we can say both in terms of you engaging in it yourself and <laughs> how you feel when you see other people doing it. Should start with Becky.
3: Myself, I'm fine as long as I'm very comfortable with the person and they're a long term partner. If it was a new person, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think. as as a psychologist opinion, we can react to this quite strongly. Mm. And it tells a lot about how we feel about intimacy. So if someone is actually having quite a strong reaction, that tells me that maybe they're uncomfortable with certain types of intimacy, although we can't make Assumptions about the person. Everyone is different, but I would certainly ask myself if, some, if someone's having a very strong reaction and cringing, then maybe they're a little bit uncomfortable with intimacy in their life in some shape or form.
1: Hmm. I beginning to feel very much more uncomfortable answering this now. <laughs> yeah. if, if that's the case, but I, I, I don't think I'm uncomfortable with it. But I'm conscious that even hesitating in that answer means I probably am a little bit. Yeah. And if if there is a if I do see some like I guess full on PDA even though the rational part of me is saying there is like clearly nothing or it's not affecting me, there's no problem here, I will still notice it. And I think even the act mm. of noticing it means to me it's not normal. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why that is. Clearly, Dr. Becky, <laughs> you have some insights that I need to go in and
0: <laughs> Matilda, what do you think?
2: I think I would generally find it quite funny. I certainly wouldn't be offended. It wouldn't bother me, but I would probably be very immature, nudge whoever I'm with in the in the ribs and say, Look, check, check those out. guys
0: out. <laughs> yeah, I think I just find it quite amusing. Okay. Okay. Mm. Well, we did a survey where we've asked about a series of different types of expressing affection and how people <laughs> feel about it. So everything from hugging down to kissing with tongues. And what we've basically found is that Brits are more or less comfortable with people doing everything up to kissing with tongues. (laughs) So 90% think hugging in public, fine, holding hands, fine. 70% say kissing without tongues is acceptable. So then you've got 30%, one in three, who would rather that you didn't kiss in public even without tongues. And then when you get to kissing with tongues, people really change their minds. (laughs) And 80% of men and 90% of women think that that is unacceptable in public. Uh.
2: So that's the cut-off. The, yeah. tongue, the tongues are the cutoff.
1: What is the introduction of the tongue? Why does that matter? <laughs> what's, the, what's going on?
0: Well, I guess because you're then immediately associating it with like what someone said, really going at it, right? Like it's the difference between like bye, have a nice mm. day, with like oh, I love you.
1: <laughs> so is it, is it is it foreplay basically? Is that like is that where it becomes foreplay? It. I guess so. Then we're like take that to the bedroom. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. that it?
3: Stephanie, <laughs> is something quite sexual about tongues?
1: Mm. Mm.
3: (laughs) (laughs) okay well that's that (laughs) um well, so there are some
0: generational differences in the stats here. So roughly 75 to 80% of people between 18 and their mid 40s are okay with kissing without tongues in public, but that drops to 60% among those aged 55 and above. And people aged 55 and above are double as likely to be totally against kissing with tongues as those who are aged 18 to 24. So there is a yeah, bit age. of a cult- uh, an age difference there, which I do think probably translates into a cultural difference as well, especially with women in, the, in every uh, one of the kind of forms of expressing affection that we asked about women were slightly more likely to be uncomfortable, I think probably because of old kind of learned habits of having to well, be modest. Yeah. That's
1: really interesting. Yeah, mm. yeah. and
0: men were like, yeah, don't worry about it, baby. <laughs> and the woman was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's basically how it, how it goes.
1: So do we think this is a peculiarly a sort of British trait? Um,
0: well,
2: so there was I feel a very
1: British talking about it. <laughs> mm.
2: um, being uncomfortable with these things, I think is seen as being a British trait, being a bit buttoned up and prudish
0: Brits are probably more awkward than than some there are a lot of interesting like cultural differences so there are some countries in the world where it's seen as completely unacceptable and can take you to you know five years in jail in Indonesia for passionate kissing that's the limit of, of the penalty that you can get in India as well there are very strong feelings about public displays of affection so I think There are definitely big cultural differences on this. There was one survey that was done in the US, and it should be said that it was just at one university with the university students there, which also means it was like 18 to 34-year-olds. But it was an interesting survey, and that what came out was it was asking people about why they engage in PDA themselves and Uh how they feel about it and the gender difference really played out there where it basically said men did it to enhance their image like to be kind of seen as a player and really popular and women would do it more to like make someone jealous or something like this and also there was more of a kind of sense of self-consciousness because they didn't want to be seen as a slut or didn't want to be seen as you know okay anyway so i do think there are yeah some really interesting cultural i was just gonna
3: say yeah the slut shaming thing must be why women hold back a bit yeah that's so interesting that the uh social perception of men and women heavily come into mm. how people act in those situations.
0: I mean, is there something Becky that you've encountered in speaking to people about like their relationships with intimacy do does that gender difference and age difference like play out?
3: Yeah, definitely people go with what's expected of them. So, yeah. as you've mentioned, males are expected to kind of be womanizers and they mm. feel there's like a a society, society praises them for that um, and give them gives them kudos for that and then with women it's about being respectable being very respectable and, um, and not being so sexually liberated.
0: Mm.
2: You mentioned that not everyone approves of holding hands so there are some people who think that holding hands is unacceptable. Yeah I do
0: find that quite funny. You basically okay. have one in ten Brits who <laughs> I shouldn't say funny, people's opinions are perfectly valid but I do mm. think it's quite, I do think it's funny <laughs> 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 one in ten Brits think hugging in public is not acceptable I think that's high
2: 12 think holding
0: hands is not acceptable but I notice
3: with clients when I ask them when I work with couples I ask them how they tend to behave behind closed doors and in public and what's interesting is some people who are very passionate and very affectionate Act in a completely different way when they 're outside when people mm. can see, so people who are very tactile with their partner when they 're in public can act like a totally different person yeah which um, I think is fascinating, you know there can be real inconsistency with how people act
0: yeah, definitely, and I do think that it is really interesting how much it does bother people when like it has no tangible effect on your on you you know if if you're mm. sitting in a room and someone on the other side of the room or you're in I don't know a train station or something like this. It are like, you know, there's two people making out. It doesn't. You don't have to look, like you can look away, and it doesn't change your life in any way. And yet people get mm. really riled up about it. And there's something really strange about that. I think even if in your, you're in like a big public space and there's a reason that we react, like you say, in that kind of like, oh God, get a room kind of way. And I wonder what that is.
3: It reminds me of breastfeeding. People have such strong opinions about this. And mm, as you say, people you can choose to look away if it offends you. You don't have to sort of uh, you know, kind of verbalize your opinions so much. Mm.
1: I guess people get upset or angry that they're being forced to think about something that makes them feel uncomfortable, which is a kind of valid reaction, I guess, yeah. in, in some respects. Like public spaces aren't free for us to do whatever you like. Like the law itself draws a line somewhere, it doesn't draw it hugging, clearly. <laughs> but, um, but that kind of public space is a shared space as well. So, hmm. I mean, yeah, clearly hugging is, is slightly odd. But I, I think there is, a, I think you're right, there is a certain validity to being. I feel like I'm mm. trying to justify my opinion right? <laughs> yeah. and I'm not sure it's going very well. Where's but... the line? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and maybe tongues is the line. Uh, <laughs> it does feel, you know, that does feel a step too far.
2: My survey is looking at attractiveness and particularly attractiveness within relationships. So the question I'm going to ask everyone do you have strong feelings about dating someone who's much more attractive or much less attractive than you? Stuart, come to you first.
1: Thank you for coming to me first. <laughs> uh, I would say that uh, I am married to someone who is more attractive than me.
2: Correct. However,
1: correctly. <laughs> so, but however I would say that um, I have absolutely experienced that horrible feeling of being completely tongue-tied around someone who i would perceive to be far more attractive than me ah, okay and and there being sort of there are not being all the other sort of elements of personality chime and all that sort of stuff that makes it far easier for me to talk to my wife for example <laughs> but if it's just that's kind of oh i'm going to go up and talk to you even though i think you're incredibly attractive that would absolutely and has absolutely uh made me feel very uncomfortable and very awkward. Oh,
3: right. <laughs> <God>. Okay. <laughs> Becky, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I have no problems with them being more attractive. i completely yeah. <laughs> 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 really fine with that if they're okay with it. Uh, my last partner, I'm single, my last mm-hmm. partner, I would say we were pretty even, but that's just my perception. Other people <laughs> may have thought dif- differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I mean, it, it really comes down to the personality. And, of course, I need to be attracted to someone because that's very much helps with the the sex side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, it doesn't matter. Once you get to know that person, they're more than what you see in front of you. I think it's really helpful with the initial stages of the relationship. Mm. And if you think that they're more attractive than you, they might think the same back. So it all comes down to perception. Victoria, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think that you like there is definitely something about even just the initial approach to someone that means you must be attracted to them somehow whether mm. that's because they meet like quote unquote standard ideas of what it means to be attractive or whether it's just because you feel some kind of spark I don't know but there's definitely you've got to have some kind of an attraction at least mm. for the beginning of it and then I agree with you Becky like it, it grows and as you grow to love someone more and more like everything about them is amazing you know um that's sweet <laughs>
1: I don't think my wife would agree with that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The more you get to know someone, the more attractive they are, not necessarily. (laughs) Well, according to the YouGov Omnibus poll, the majority of Brits in relationships think their partner is more attractive than they are. So the way this worked is the poll asked people to rate their own looks out of 10 and to rate their partner's looks out of 10, zero being very unattractive, 10 being very attractive, five being average looking And 56% of people gave their partner a higher score than themselves out of 10. 35% of people thought that their partner was about the same as them. 9% of people said that their partner
3: was less attractive and the rest didn't know. So by far the biggest group
2: did say that their partner was more attractive.
3: Right. We do tend to nitpick at ourselves more than be critical towards others, depending on our personalities. Mm. But uh, we're often very self-critical, but not as critical as others. So mm-hmm. um and it was interesting how it was asked because it, it wasn't asked rate right your partner, is your yeah. partner better looking than you? It was actually rate right yourself, rate right mm-hmm. your partner. Mm-hmm. So um it's quite clever how it was done. Yeah, well there there are two
2: percent of people who definitely don't nitpick in their own appearance <laughs> who rated themselves a ten out of ten <laughs> for attractiveness, but at the other end of the scale, two percent of people thought that they were a zero out of ten. Uh. Unsurprisingly, most people rated themselves as average, between five and seven. That was that was by far the biggest group.
0: At least they're statistically yeah. accurate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, people were slightly more generous when it came
2: when it came to their partner.
0: I wonder to what extent people would be happy to have that conversation with their partner. Do you know what I mean? True. Like If they were taking the survey and the partner kind of looked over their shoulder, and would would you rate me? You know what I mean? Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, this is anonymous, which probably does help with the honesty, yeah. especially those 9% of people who
3: admitted that their partner <laughs> is less attractive than they are. I wonder how many of them were still in the early stages of the relationship because we do have that That's rose-tinted glasses in the beginning where we perceive our partners to be absolutely wonderful in the honeymoon <laughs> period. <laughs> (laughs) So
2: sort of harking back to what you were saying Stuart about being possibly intimidated by someone who's Mm. incredibly attractive. The poll also asked people what their ideal partner, how attractive they would be. And most people wanted their partner to be between a five and a seven out of ten.
1: A five out of ten is kind of surprising. Incredibly unambitious.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well... So men were much more likely than women to want a very attractive partner, <laughs> shocking. 50% of men's ideal partners would be an 8 or an eight to a 10 out of 10 compared to 32% of women wanted someone who was that attractive. It's so
3: interesting that you say this because I've worked with men where they were terrified of approaching women, terrified of speaking to mm. women. And um, I've helped them get over that kind of social anxiety by okay. talking to very beautiful women. Mm-hmm. And when they started speaking to women that they rated as a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. the feedback they got from those women is oh no men never approach me so it's actually right. interesting that women who are supposed to be kind of or perceived by many as being kind of in the average range of looks get approached lots but it's the ones who are perceived as being incredibly beautiful mm. don't actually get approached very much so um perhaps That's men should be talking to <laughs> these yeah, very very beautiful 10, women nice, a bit more.
1: i i assume the pitfall that that both probably men and women are worried about in that instance, is the fear of them being alone when it inevitably doesn't last because, you know, she's so much more attractive <laughs> to me or he's so much more mm. attractive. Who the hell is going to stay with me for that for a long period of time? So is, is it that fear of loneliness that keeps, that acts as that barrier?
3: Well, maybe. What i found with the men that I've worked with, it's the initial social anxiety. They're not even thinking about the future. They're <laughs> thinking about the humiliation.
1: I'm thinking back, Of the strong Yeah, that was it.
0: But it's interesting too because I like even just like friends of mine I have who I I, I think are incredibly beautiful I know other people think are incredibly beautiful or or handsome it does also have its own insecurities like that come Mm. with it in terms of someone feeling like that's what people value them for and also in terms of the fact that, like, they are used to in their, like, 20-something-year-old phase of life, mm. walking into a room and all heads turning, and they're like, one day people won't do that anymore, and then oh, what will I be to everyone, you know? And mm. it's the kind of thing that can sound very kind of first-world problem. <laughs> but I still think it's a, it's legitimate, you know, yeah, that, really like, great. there are insecurities on both sides of that scale. Mm. So I
1: have a question. <laughs> so there's another YouGov poll yeah. that asked um, men and women what the most uh, important quality in a partner was, um, and it was overwhelmingly and interestingly, fifty-two percent of both men and women it was the same amount. Said that personality was the most important thing. That's not and that high. It's not that high, but but there were five mm. other options, uh, including <laughs> how rich they were and um, uh, how good looking they were. And I can't Sense remember the humor, other one. I Sense of humour was one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for women, I think the the looks was like seven percent was the most important thing, and for men, it was fifteen percent was the most important thing. But it's what's weird <laughs> more than is, is weird <laughs> yeah. well, we'll gloss over that. What's weird <laughs> is that we're talk, like I don't think it's very common to feel so inter- intimidated by someone's personality that you don't want to approach them, <laughs> and yet it's very understandable and almost relatable to, to be intimidated by how good-looking someone is, mm. and yet we place personality as much more important than looks. I, what, I don't understand that.
2: I suppose you can't tell what someone's personality is initially. You can tell someone's looks by seeing them across a room. So you know immediately you've already judged how attractive they are, but you can't possibly have judged what their personality is like. But if only so You if, don't know to be intimidated.
1: But if women are saying like like looks is only seven, I suppose you're not really always going out for a long term, like a long term relationship. But mm. if 7% of women are saying like looks is the most important, only 7% are saying looks is the most important thing and yet there's a, there is a, a, a sort of marked sort of reticence to talk to someone who's significantly more good-looking than you, then that seems to seems really messed up.
3: Such a great point because the personality is the thing that is going to have the emotional consequences when you mm-hmm. get in a relationship yeah. with the wrong uh, person. Yeah. <laughs> their uh, personality is what's mm. going to potentially do the damage, whereas their looks are going to remain the same and not be as <laughs> significant. Mm. Yeah. So
1: my other question for you, Becky, is, is whether or not you think dating apps have changed this. I know like, everyone talk, talks about dating apps, but do you, have you perceived a change in what how people view themselves and how people view their partners just because it's all about dating
3: apps have completely changed society and dating life people don't even really go out to nightclubs as much anymore and and Mm. I've heard that even the even the nightclub scene has changed because of dating apps but how relationships are done have changed because of dating apps and also people um, don't commit as much as they used to they feel that people are very disposable because you can just find someone at the next swipe so um, as much as they are convenient and they definitely help people get started with dating and, and give people more options and Help people meet people. Um, there's also the negatives as well, and um, you know, there's no going back. It it exists. The technology is there, but unfortunately, it has done a bit of damage to mm. dating life.
1: Do you think it is here to stay? They date. Are they here to stay? To, to the extent at which I think was it like 25% of people have used dating apps? I think no. I think it's 33 or 40% of people have used dating apps. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 25% of people who are in who are in a relationship. Still use dating that's apps? So bizarre. Or married? Like, mm. well, yeah. Like how I, that doesn't feel sustainable to well,
2: me. Well, I think maybe they could improve, or or maybe kind of diversify. So there are virtual reality. Types well, I mean, <laughs> I think the one that everyone thinks of is Tinder, and that's known very much for hookups. Although I have been to a Tinder wedding, um, <laughs> but there are there are lots of other ones which I think are more geared towards relationships. So as they improve, maybe you'll have just the kind of sex only apps, and then <laughs> relationship only apps. Maybe in 50
1: years we'll have some stats around the number of divorces from marriages started by dating oh, yeah, apps. Yeah, whether it's higher. And we can compare That's that to non-dating app.
2: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about Work.
1: Speaking of marriage, I'm going to ask everyone here a slightly loaded question. (laughs) Do we think uh, weddings are a massive waste of money? Matilda.
2: (laughs) Um, Those people get married. I'm not married. I've been to a few weddings and very, very, very much enjoyed them. But I hate to think how much they cost. There is part of me that thinks, get married in a registry office and have a party. Great. And if you had a party rather than a wedding... Even if it was quite similar, you know, big dinner, loads of drinks, it would probably be half the price because of the premium that's placed on weddings. So I think certain elements of weddings are definitely a waste of money.
1: Victoria.
0: That is a crazy thing, just as a side note. My brother Mm. is engaged and was telling me just like how absurd it is, how much they try and add on to the price of everything because it's a wedding. He's like, no, this food doesn't cost you (laughs) more to make just because I'm going to get married just before eating it. (laughs) Would you like to guess what the
1: average wedding is? How much it costs in the UK now? Oh...
3: 30k 40k bang on thirty
1: thousand three hundred pounds
3: oh, i don't know that yeah. <laughs>
1: that is absolutely shocking yes uh, sorry victoria sorry
0: i got <laughs> out of my answer i don't think weddings are universally a waste of time i think i think though that a massive massive wedding where you are splashing out loads is a bit excessive that being said it's great to be a guest mm-hmm. yeah said. true <laughs> thanks for the free bar yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't think about the cost of the wedding. I tend to think about the cost of the divorce. And this is really (laughs) a case of learning from other people's mistakes. As a psychologist, I have been in the therapy room with so many people who have been unfortunately taken to the cleaners in their divorce cases. And I'm sitting there and I really empathize with people in that situation to the point I don't think I will ever sign that legally binding agreement. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, divorces are so expensive and really difficult to go through that process and divide things up and come to an agreement um so uh yeah i think
1: (laughs) um do you think people are increasingly getting married for the wrong reasons then
3: it's it's a very emotional thing um you know people are either getting married for um for love or for their families for religion um it might be a personal relationship goal um but they're not usually getting married for sometimes practical reasons but um they don't tend to think about the exit strategy, and that's where things often <laughs> mm. get quite messy for people. Should
1: everyone have a prenup?
3: Prenups don't work as effectively as they need to in the UK, okay. unfortunately. Okay. I've, I've
1: only used that phrase. So I've like seen it in the films and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what it means. Uh, so, my stat, uh, the um, YouGov poll. So, YouGov up polled uh, whether Brits think uh, marriage is an outdated institution, and one in four Brits. Think that marriage has had its day, basically. Which I was—I thought that was quite high. Um,
2: I don't think outdated is that is that damning a term. That's not the same as thinking that marriage is pointless or that marriage is stupid. Because I, I think it I is think a it's bit in the outdated. Same ballpark, like mm-hmm. I don't know because outdated to me seems more sort of old-fashioned and maybe a bit tied up with tradition. But I don't think you can—you can definitely think that marriage is outdated and still want to get married. I think
1: that is true. Well, no, I'm not. I, possibly that's true, but that, okay. Well, that that kind of goes back to the reason why are people getting married. Mm, yeah. um, I guess the idea of if you if you're wanting to get if if you feel like the only reason for getting married to them is because you're in love, and you feel it's an outdated institution. Well, then what's the point? If if you're getting married for other practical reasons that you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. Becky, then then that's there's a logic to that, right? Because we get a better tax, or our children might be better protected further down the line. Um, but I think. It's interesting that under forties were twice as likely to think that marriage is outdated than over fifty fives. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely there is definitely a trend here of marriage moving away from the young people. And um, other interesting stats from from the survey: thirty uh, percent of people felt the cost of the wedding itself was a waste of money. Thirty percent of people think most marriages will end in divorce, which is about the same as how many marriages do <laughs> yeah. end in divorce. So you know they might be knowing what they're getting themselves into. And twenty five percent of people. Um, who are actually married thinks, think it is outdated as well. Whether or not they thought that before isn't, isn't <laughs> known. So um, I guess in short, why do, why do people bother getting married anymore? That's my question.
3: Mm. You know, I meet so many people these days who are living as if they're married without actually getting married. I, I really like the idea of like non-legal Marriages where you make the commitment and you're doing it for love, uh, but not actually doing it for legal reasons. But of course, for some people, when there's children involved, then it does get more complicated. But I do think there should be an alternative to marriage where you're just staying away from the uh, legally binding contract.
1: Of course, like in going back through history, it wasn't always about you know the the idea of getting married for love and sort of social and emotional reasons. uh, Reasons is, I guess, only sort of the last 100, 150 years or so. Um, prior to that, there's some nice nice little things here. In ancient Greece, for example, uh, it was very much regarded that inheritance was far more important than actual, like, feelings. <laughs> um, and there was it was the case that a, a woman whose father died without any male heirs could be forced to marry her nearest male relative, uh, even if she had to divorce her husband. Um, in the 12th century, sort of upper-class marriages were often arranged because, you know, aristocrats felt love was... Basically incompatible, and for that you'd have your mistress. Um, and I think it was, uh, yeah, 18th century. It was, it was sort of 1850s, etc. Love started to gain ground. Um, I've got some <laughs> amazing pieces of advice for women from the Victorian be- period about how to snag a husband. Okay. Would you like to <laughs> hear them? <laughs> These are my favourite things. So, according to Eleanor Glynn in 1925, uh, in a book called "This Passion Called Love," she wrote, "Nothing appeals more to a man than immaculate cleanliness, a stunning beauty." who looks even slightly soiled, will lose out every time to her plain-faced sister so pleasing to the senses. So here are a few little things that greatly lessen a woman's charm in most men's eyes. (laughs) Red hands or arms, fingernails that are too highly polished or shaped like swords.
0: Wait, so too, highly, too polished. highly polished so you have to be perfectly clean but also don't polish don't go your too fingernails far. too much yeah
1: don't go too far that, <laughs> that, that, that is, that's that's a massive you and i moment. with our
0: red talons are not <laughs> yeah, attractive we, to
3: victorian
2: men apparently
3: today <laughs> i'm good but,
1: i mean I, I am offended by your both your soiled, <laughs> uh, fat women with bobbed hair oh hair that is doctored in any way cheap perfume whiny voices giggling and earrings like chandeliers. What's wrong with uh,
0: tiggling?
2: And, oh and, and she finishes,
1: this should be enough to start you thinking along the right lines. Um,
2: <laughs> so Sorry, this was Victorian. That's not that long ago. It's not that long ago. That long. <laughs> in
1: 1947, Edward Podolsky's Sex Today in Wedded Life wrote, be a good listener. Let him tell you his yes. troubles. Yours will <laughs> seem trivial in sorry. comparison. <laughs> um, and there's loads of these. I love them so much. Oh. But I, I guess it's, you know, the concept of why we get married has changed so much Mm. um i think what we think now about why we get married is obviously the right reason for love and for stability and stuff do we think in a hundred years time people will be looking back at us and going those idiots what were they thinking they're so sentimental
0: i really (laughs) think that what will change. i don't think that we will stop having some kind of a ceremony to celebrate what we feel is going to be a lifelong love, but maybe we'll come up with something, Becky, like what you said of something Mm. where I think civil partnership is like one step closer, you know, and then maybe there'll be something where you don't even need to have the legally binding arrangements. But I think that, what will most definitely change I think is the ceremony of a marriage and it's tradition Mm. right and I'm sure lots of people love it and lots of people will continue with tradition and that's fine but I think you will also have a growing number of people who still want to celebrate their love and still want to stand there and say I want to be with you forever and say that in front of their family and friends but not with all of this kind of baggage. The love and
2: obey I think is
0: the line that a lot of women take offense to.
3: I think more and more people are doing their own style of weddings and my friend's wedding, she didn't wear a white dress and it was just very creative and it was so non-traditional and um, I think it's nice that people are stepping away from the traditional wedding and just doing what's right for them and if the traditional wedding is right for them, then great but Mm. I think that people should feel free to do what they want to do for them and not just to make other people happy.
1: And you talked about the practical reasons. There are those kind of boring tax implications of marriage. But for some, like, are we being a little bit overly sort of smug middle classness (laughs) in that we can afford to be feel so kind of sentimental about this? That do people get married for genuine economic reasons, financial reasons, for stability and stuff? And.
0: Sure well, do. I think the real question there should be, why do we still then have those tax arrangements that are beneficial towards marriage specifically? Like that doesn't have to be a given, right? Like mm-hmm. why is it that the legal system and the financial system is assuming that this this union and bound in exactly this way is the only way to prove that you're committed to that person, you know? I think mm-hmm. rather than claiming that, that's kind of a given that those reasons will exist and there are definitely reasons that that i would think about as well things like you know visas you know for people who marry from different countries and so on i think question the institution rather than necessarily questioning the person involved you know Mm.
1: i honestly think in 100 years people will think we're we're crazy for Mm -hmm. the reasons we get married and i I really look forward to finding well not finding out but it'd be fascinating to find out what marriage looks like in 100 years
2: Mm -hmm. but I kind of hope they don't because weddings are so fun. (laughs) fun. I love going to weddings. I think because I haven't been to too many yet, I'm not sick of them.
1: (laughs) I went to like nine in a year and by the end of that year I was getting uh, a bit bored. But then I went to none Mm. for ages and now I go to a very occasional one and I get to not necessarily go to them with my children, (laughs) uh, which has some potential (laughs) upsides (laughs) Um, and love them a lot now. Good fun. So, what are we a nation of? We're not don't too like fast. Don't kissing marriage.
0: with tongues in public. <laughs> we think our partners are more attractive than us. Yeah, most of us do still like that. If it's one in four think it's outdated, that means three in four don't, right? That's so, we're true. still suckers for tradition.
2: <laughs> we're a nation of people who want to marry other
0: people who are more attractive than we are, but not kiss <laughs> them in public with tongues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're conservative yeah. when it comes to love relationships. <laughs> public huggers. yeah.
0: And before we think kissing with tongues in public is OK. I don't think we'll okay. ever think kissing
1: with tongues is in public is really <laughs> OK. Hugging is
0: fine. <laughs> Britain is a nation of fairly conservative huggers. I can go with that. I agree.
1: Just don't ram it down my throat.
2: <laughs> Thanks for making it all the way to the end of Britain is a Nation
1: of... How can they get in touch, Matilda?
2: You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo News UK, or you can find us on Facebook under Yahoo UK and Ireland, or email us on Yahoo News
0: UK at oath.com. And join us again for another deep dive into very British behaviors.
2: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.